Welcome to the LBC Sermon Podcast. This podcast is recorded live at Love Beyond Church in Harveston, Johannesburg, every Sunday at 9am, and may include the sounds of God's creation and our scenic environment. Join us as we press into the heart of God and His will for our lives. Welcome. receive your word father i thank you for the incorruptible seed of your word father that is going to go in and change hearts this morning father father we thank you lord that it's about transformation it's about reformation and it's about restoration so father i thank you lord that the word that will be brought forth this morning father is from the throne room of grace and lives will be changed in jesus name amen please be seated Well, first of all, I want to welcome you this morning. What a privilege it is to be able to come to the house of the Lord and receive the Word of God this morning. Amen. Amen. And I'm also very privileged to have Apostle Theo Akabella here this morning. Donatello agrees, as you can hear. Amen. Always agrees. It's, it's really, it is a privilege. I've known Apostle Theo for many, many, many years. And we've spent many hours together talking about the Lord. Um, Apostle Theo is a senior pastor of Fountain of Life Tabernacle. He's the founder of Theo Machabella Ministries, Theo Machabella Radio Broadcast. He's an apostolic prophetic teacher of the word, and he has a traveling ministry based in Soweto, Johannesburg, South Africa. He believes that they have a global mandate for a great awakening, revival, reformation, and restoration of worldly systems, and the ultimate establishment of the kingdom of God on all the earth. Apostle Theo is a devoted husband, father, and a servant of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's one thing I can honestly say that any time I've ever sat and spoken to Apostle Theo, we've interacted, the one thing we've always spoken about is Jesus. And... You know, I've always left there encouraged, exhorted, and uplifted. And that is what it's about. Amen. Apostle Theo is blessed with a beautiful wife, Tandi Makabella. And she's the mother of Apiwe and Angili, who are here this morning to um, assist their father, Apostle Theo, whilst he ministers. So that's a blessing. I mean, that is such an encouragement. Amen. So, not to carry on for much longer, I'm going to just ask Apostle Theo to come up and to bring the word that the Lord has laid in his heart. Amen. Amen. 
Greetings in the name of Jesus the Christ. Hallelujah. So good to be here today. Amen. And so good to see all of you here. Hallelujah. Um, I'm just waiting for the voice to, to comment. How much time do I have? Um, Thanks to, to Apostle Eric. Um, we always call each other by names, first names. Um, so the apostles and the prophets is a good thing they are said church. Uh, it's also a sign of acknowledging what God has called us to. But I just want to say thanks to uh, Apostle Eric, and uh, I don't know, it is not a tradition, man at all, that um, our wives are called prophets. It's not. But um, I just want to say welcome. Uh, so I'm, not, I'm not welcoming you. I'm always used to welcoming people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm welcoming you in your church. <laughs> I'm always welcoming people wherever I am, so this time, right? <laughs> but so good to see you, uh, um, uh, prophetess. Amen. Um, the this thing. I take it that is Gareth, you know? It's Gareth, yeah. Yes. So good to see you. I don't know you with them. <laughs> but so good to see you. Hallelujah. And uh, it's also good again to see our evangelist, Seth Gobo. Yeah, all of you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Um, it's been a very long time that um, I've not been in a setup where we sing English songs on here. <laughs> it's been a very long time. And I'm sitting there, I'm trying to adjust because I'm remembering my days at Remo from 1985 to 1996. And um, I'm saying, uh, do I miss this? <laughs> <laughs> And in hindsight, I'm sitting there and I said, oh, glory to God in the highest. Thank God for calling me out of this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, yeah, um, when we go to church, we go to church, okay. And, um, and um, I, 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 I love the way you relate to God. Your way is very good. My, my relationship with God is a little bit rough. Okay, uh, I raise my voice, and um, we sometimes scream at each other at God, and then it's cool between the two of us. <laughs> I hear you better when he screams at each other. <laughs> but these things are you please come here, son. It's, I'm not brought up like that, including my father in the ritual. He said, son, come here. Yeah. So my youngest son asked me a question years ago, and he said, hey, um, can I ask you a question? He said, yes, son, ask me a question. And then he said to me, is God our father? And I said, yes, son, God is our father. He said, is he your father? He said, yes. Is he our father? He said, yes, son. He said, but how come when we talk to you, we don't scream at you? <laughs> and he said, and 
The same thing when you speak to us, you, you don't scream at us. But why is it that when we go to church, we're forever screaming at you? <laughs> so I said, son, uh, I don't have an answer for you, but your time will come. Yeah. <laughs> when you'll understand this relationship, why we scream and shout. And then one day, both of them came back from church, <clears throat> and uh, I didn't go with them to the Friday, and uh, they came back and um, opened the gate for them. I remember tears everywhere. And I said, what happened? Is everything all right? I said, sure, today, Daddy. God came, and he came away. He said, no, Daddy, I'm with me, too. So he said, no, there's a no heaven encounter. So I said, wow, no, that's wonderful. So I just walked away from them. I said, oh, okay, so that day has come. Where you're now having an encounter without, without me somewhere else. Hallelujah. I love something which I read there. Where family matters. And uh, just before I minister, I'll love us to stand up if you don't mind. You may not be having your family members with you today. But um, you are a representative of your own family. We are here and our family members are with you. And we know that uh, many of them are supposed to be here today. Or even maybe go to church some of us. But they are seated at home today. And we know that some of them are coming from somewhere else. Jesus, the Bible decrees, mighty God, that, that as for me and my family, 
we shall serve the Lord. And mighty God, in the name of Jesus, we stand upon that covenant this morning that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray today that mighty God send your ministering angels, mighty God to minister to them today, wherever they are. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we're calling them from the west. We're calling them from the east. We're calling them from the north. We're calling them from the south. In the name of Jesus the Christ, mighty God, in Jesus' mighty name, let them have an encounter with you. In Jesus' mighty name. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God a hand. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be sitting. Amen. I want to take this moment today, and uh, uh, it is almost seven years that the Lord has spoken to me about the message of faith, and uh, I've been teaching this message on um, on our platform um, at our church, and also been teaching this on Facebook and also on our online radio. When God spoke to me about this, he said, the time has come for you where, uh, this is God speaking, where I've, this is the time where I've released the ministry of signs, miracles, and wonders. But he then said, it will take the simplicity of my word for the manifestation of uh, this season. And then he said to me, go and remind my people about the message of faith. Amen. And uh, whatever I'm trying to teach, I find myself again here. And uh, I have seen a lot of things happening in the lives of people just ministering uh, this, this message, in the simplicity of this message. Amen. At one stage, um, I was called to go to somebody's house to go and pray for them. This lady laid on the bed for four solid months, hit with stage four cancer. Uh, no one was going to a room because her bedroom literally became her bedroom and a bathroom uh, in one place. And I wonder that this family loves me so much that they want me to go to the room where they don't want to go. I went in anyway. And I asked this lady a simple question and they said, do you believe that God can heal you? And she said, yes, Mabuti, I believe that God can heal you. And next to her, uh, on the bedside, there was uh, a bottle of Vaseline. And I said, is this yours? She said, yes. I said, I did not bring anything to you, but I want to use this Vaseline today, today to anoint you. And I took the Vaseline, then I prayed over it. And then I began to anoint her, 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 her forehead and um, her hands. And then I called her by her name. Her name was Patricia. I said, Patricia, in the name of Jesus, I command you to rise up and walk. And then she lifted up her, both her hands. I reached out to her. I lifted her up. And she stood up immediately and began to walk. Praise God in the simplicity of the preaching of this message. Seated on radio at home, I'm, I'm preaching about the same the simplicity of trust, trusting and believing in God. Somebody has developed, um, she had cancer just under her breast, her breast, 
to develop souls, terrible souls. And as I'm busy preaching, uh, she said immediately she felt like something was falling. And then something came out. She said she was bleeding, literally bleeding from underneath. And immediately the bleeding stopped. And until today, God has totally healed her from that cancer. Hallelujah. And um, a lot of many other stuff. Others will be troubled with things in their, in their, from their tummies or in their, in their physical bodies. And um, yeah, so interesting that God will, um, as I'm speaking, like I'm speaking to you, and then those things will literally come out of their body physically, literally come out. So I'm saying to you today that there is the God who still hears. There is the God who still hears prayer. There is the God who still answers prayer. Hallelujah. So I am coming to you today in the simplicity of, of the gospel. Uh, when God allowed me to enter into the apostolic ministry, the apostolic and the prophetic ministry, in the early 90s for that matter, uh, we were so happy because I was ministering among students, which I'm still even doing today. Uh, speaking this complicated high-end English uh, was the, the theme of the day. Until one day I was at church and I saw our church growing in huge numbers. And all of a sudden I began to see the numbers beginning to shrink. And people started living one by one in great and huge numbers. And I said the church, and I said, please tell me what is the vision of the church. And I was shocked that the members of our church did not know the vision of the church. They came for a few things. They came for science, markets, and wonders, and that was it. But they were not hearing the simplicity of the gospel. And then God said to me, that is why I want you now to sit your people down and teach them the weed. And God said, as you teach the weed, the signs, miracles, and wonders will take place. So I'm not coming to you with water. I'm not coming to you with complicated English. I'm not coming, English is not my language. <laughs> I'm not coming to you with anything. I'm just coming to you in the simplicity of the Christ I serve. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, when we speak about the subject of faith, um, I'll approach it this way. That our faith in God must not be based, number one, when there's a crisis in our life or when there's death in our life. Maybe the business is not doing well. Maybe something you are sick in your body. At that time, when you practice your faith in God, you are a little bit behind in your schedule. Why? Because faith it's our daily lifestyle. Amen. We need to live by faith on a daily basis. Now, the Bible says, which is a very well-known chapter in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse number 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things that are hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. Uh, we're not going to go into details about the word now, um, as, as, as a business, not as a business, as, as, as a Bible teacher. Because verse number one 
of chapter number 11. It's a continuation, obviously, of chapter number 10. So now, after all has been presented, the writer says, now faith is. So now, we're going to start where the Bible says, faith is. Faith is. So now, if faith is, it means, our faith means simply trusting God. It means simply believing God. Simply acknowledging that God is everything that which God is. And everything that which you and I want him to be in any given situation. In the book of, for instance, if we were to study together the book of, let's say we study Psalm 91 and Psalm 23. Let's start with Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. In simple basic English, what does it mean when we say the Lord is? It's a present continuous tense. And what does it mean? It means God is today. And when I sleep at night, God is still is. When I wake up in the morning, God is still is. So which means God is everything that I am and everything that which he is at any given time or space. Now, I want to build this so that we may understand. God lives outside time. But you and I are born within time. And that is why there's a day you were born. Uh, I was telling my boys this morning that for the past 30 years, Eric, for the past 30 years, I was the saddest person in my life on the 1st of July. Because I remembered the day my mother passed. And every time I would have a way of mourning. I did not realize yes, uh, last, uh, last year, after so many years, when God walked into my room and totally healed me from the pain and the loss of having lost my mother. I was not aware that I've been grieving for the past over 20 years over the loss of my mother. So now, what am I trying to show you? I'm trying to show us that God is the healer when you need him. God is the comforter when you need him. God is the restorer when you need him. God is the defender when you need him. Are you with me? So whatever situation that you are finding yourself to be in, what, um, sorry, Andre. <laughs> okay. uh, whatever situation that you may find yourself in, whatever condition that which you may find yourself to be in, God is. So the Bible says, faith is. So now, our faith in God, number one, it's not subjective. So what does that mean when you say faith is not subjective? In other words, our faith is not subjected and controlled nor manipulated by the circumstances we find ourselves in. Amen. Number two, our faith is not relative in God. Because God is not relative, God is not subjective, but God is absolute. When he says, I am, it means he is. It means whatever God has ever promised to you and I, it will surely come to pass. 
So it does not matter the time that we are in. As long as God has spoken, consider it established. Are you with me? So anything and everything which God has ever said to you. The Bible says he's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forevermore. And there is not even a single word that will come out of his mouth that will return back to him null and void. But every word that comes out of his mouth will surely come to pass. Hallelujah. So we have a reason to believe in him. We have a reason to worship him. We have a reason to glorify him because he's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forevermore. He does not change. Hallelujah. So now, how do we then access and appropriate the blessings that which God has given to us? And please understand me, I'm not speaking about material blessings alone. But I'm talking about material blessings, number one, yes? Yes, I'm speaking about financial blessings, it's okay. I'm speaking about physical blessings, and I'm also speaking about spiritual blessings and the blessings of your soul. But the writer in the book of John says, third John says, I wish above all things that you may what? Prosper in all things. So God's desire is that you and I may prosper in all things. Prosper spiritually. Prosper in your body. It's one thing to have money, but be sickly. It is one thing to be sickly and to have money, which is the opposite of what I've just said. So you may have all the money, but you are not going to enjoy your money as long as you are sick in your body. So God's intent and his purpose is we must prosper in physically. We must prosper also spiritually. We must prosper in understanding that we are no longer slaves of sin, nor are we slaves of tradition. Or are we slaves of what? Of our own man-made cultures. But we are now the slaves of God that we desire to do the only thing that which God wants us to do. Amen. Are you with me? So, faith is. And the question is, what are you believing God for today? What is it that you want God to do for you? What is it that you want God to do for your family? When we started together, in the book of Ephesians chapter number one, we see the eight blessings of a Christian. What are those blessings? Unto God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places by Christ Jesus. Now we realize and we know that we are blessed. Say, I am blessed. Now, where do we see that happening in our lives? When God created man in the book of Genesis, chapter number 1, chapter 2, and chapter number 3, this is what we see. In verse number 26, the Bible says, let us make man in our image. So we are seeing the making of man. Man has been made. And then when you go down again, it says, God says, let us create man. So man has been created. Number three, that which has been made, that which has been created, God says, let us now form man. So man is created, man is made, man is formed. But the first declaration upon man 
God, the Bible says, and God blessed man. That's right. So which means according to God's plan, you are blessed. It does not matter the conditions that you find yourself to be in. But in the plan of God, you are blessed. So you are blessed mentally. You are blessed in your soul. Why? Because the writer of the book of, uh, of Psalms 23 says, he restores my soul. So it means, it reminds me of a time when I was praying for this young girl, 24 years, 24 years involved in Satanism. 24 years. Seven human beings or seven spirits came out of her. In other words, you're looking at one young girl changing into seven human beings in front of you. And at that time, Pastor said, I am left alone. A group of believers who have been praying for the whole night could not stand the changes of this young girl. They left me alone with them. And now she's changing in front of me. Now I'm physically tired, but very aggressive in the spirit. I'm asking God, what next am I supposed to do after this young girl has changed so many times? And God said, the only thing that he does not have is a soul. And God said, now call upon a soul to come back. Because they have taken her soul away and they've replaced it with these seven souls that you have seen now. And I called upon her soul to be restored. And for the first time, she could realize and know her family from the natural point of view. So when the Bible says God restores our soul, I understood on that day what it means. Because every time when we become disconnected from God, something replaces. There is no human being who is a vacuum. You are full of something. And it's either you're full of God or you're full of the devil. <laughs> and the question is, what are you full with? Are you with me? So now, God is, so now God is, has created us, God has formed us, and God has made us. And then God has spoken upon us and says, you are blessed, man, you are blessed. Then he gave us a mandate after the first pronunciation of a blessing upon man. And he then said, multiply. He said, replenish, fill the earth. Then he said, dominate. Now that is the original mandate of God upon man. So which means there is no sickness which has a right in your body. It means there is no devil which has a right of ownership to reside and to stay in your body. It means poverty, it's not your neighbor. It means poverty, it's not your family man. It means sicknesses, they, are, got, they must not own your physical address at all. Why? Because according to the plan of God, you are blessed. But what has now replaced the blessings of God? In the book of Romans chapter 1, the Bible says men have subjected, yes, men, men have suppressed, that's the right word, men have suppressed the truth. And when men, when men suppresses the truth, it's when man refuses to bow down to the truth. God says, you must not see, you deliberately go and see. God says, don't steal, you steal anyway. God says, do not commit adultery. You go ahead and commit adultery. Do not commit fornication. Do not commit fornication. We still go ahead and do it. But God says, that is not the standard of heaven. And because now we become disconnected from God by the sin nature, guess what? The blessings which God has spoken over our lives 
in the book of Genesis chapter number one, now they become replaced by the works of the flesh. And it is time that, ladies and gentlemen, we call a sin a sin. And sin has got no color. May I say it again? Sin has got no what? No color. It's neither black nor white. Sin is just sin. And that means it means missing the mark. And it is time that we go back to God. Wherever we have walked rebelliously, wherever we have walked in front of God arrogantly, we know where we have fallen. We just need to go back there so that we may become reconciled back to God. So that the, the, the initial pronunciation of God upon man may become effective in our lives. So now how do we do that? We do that by going back to God. And we say, now faith is, God, I am coming back to you. Verse number six of Hebrews 11 says, He who cometh, it is impossible to please God without what? Without faith. It is impossible. At least there are two things that I know God being unable to do. Just two things. Number one, I know that it is impossible for God to lie. Yeah. Impossible. <laughs> it is impossible for God to lie. But there is another impossibility that I'm seeing now. It says, as for me, anyone who believes in God, all things are possible to them. However, there is one thing that I cannot do. It is impossible for me. If I do not have faith in God, it is impossible for me with all my activities to please God. So what is it that excites God? It's when men have faith in him. I'm born and raised in Soweto. There is one thing that my father did and did very well was to give me confidence in him that I knew that there was no man that can stand in front of my father when he's angry and not be beaten. I knew that. Wherever I will go, I will go with that in my mind that there is no man who can beat my father. That was the confidence I had. That when walking in the street of Soweto, I knew that if a young man or any other man tried to do anything, I'll ask you a simple question. Are you ready to meet my father? And I walked boldly in the street of Soweto. And I remember at one stage, two dogs came out of somebody's yard. And they attacked me. And I stood there. And I looked at these dogs. And I remembered what my father told me. Do not run away from dogs. They are as fearful as you are. And I stood my ground. And these dogs stood their ground as they barked at me until fear came into me. And I ran. And they had a good lunch. And I went home with blood everywhere. And I told my dad and said to him, this is what happened. 
and said, whose dogs are they? And said, come, let's go, son. Same confidence. We went out to that house. Those two dogs came out. And the first one was hit with a four-pound hammer. Died instantly. The second one came. And then he charged. And the owner came out. And my father said, you are next. He said, what I've done to your dog, I will do to you. And then I knew that my father meant it. When he said, son, nothing will touch you. And from that time, I understood how the father love works. That God means every weight that came out of his mouth. Every weight. Young as I was, I was still at school. Had an issue with my, my, my teacher. Because the day before, it was raining. And it was cold. And my dad said to me, don't go to school. And I love not going to school anymore. <laughs> and I remained at home. The following day, I went to school. When I arrived, our teacher said to me, to all of us, those who were not at school yesterday, one side. And we knew exactly what it meant. And I went uh, one side. I realized it was many of us who were not at school yesterday. <laughs> And then he started punishing all of us. And I said, no, you can't punish me. I wanted to come to school yesterday. But my dad said I must not come. So if there is anyone that you need to punish, it is not me. It is my father. And I said, sir, he's at home. I'll go and fetch him. <laughs> and literally, I walked out of the class. And I went home. And I faced my dad and I said, hey, remember, I was ready to go to school yesterday. He said, yes. He said, I told you not to go to school. I said, yes. I said, they want to beat me up at school. He said, who is that? And I said, the teacher. He said, let's go to school, son. <laughs> <laughs> and we went to school. As we entered the gate, the principal saw my dad. He came. And he, said, he used to call him Kokwan, which means uncle. He said, uncle, what's wrong? And he said, I told my son not to come to school yesterday. And teacher so-and-so wants to punish him. If there's anyone that he needs to punish, it is me. So I came to give him my hand. But he must first answer the question, whose son is this? Yeah. What am I trying to show you? God loves you so much that God will never allow anything to touch you. There is nothing that which God will ever allow to touch you. Nothing at all. And are you aware that God is in everything? It does not matter what you've gone through in life. Not, of, not, of, not, not all of us are, are happen to receive Jesus at an early age. Some of us, we started by drinking. Some of us, we started in the beer halls. Some of us, we started wherever we have been. And some of us are still struggling with that. But I want to tell you today that God loves you. Amen. And God is more than willing to deliver you and to save you from whatever struggles that you're going through. Right. God is a God of love. That's right. And because of that, he has sent his only son, the Lord Jesus the Christ, to die on the rugged cross so that you may be delivered. So that you may be saved. So that you may live a life of freedom. 
so that you may enjoy the benefit of being a son of God. So that you can have the same confidence when dogs are barking at you and you look at them and say, do you know my father? That's right. I still do the same thing. Where am I going to? I tell the devil, do you know my father? Amen. I said, I, I think you've forgotten about how big my father is. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you today that it is your time that you make your life right with God. And you start with simple things. Remember the thief on the cross. The two thieves on the cross. One went to hell immediately. And one went into paradise immediately. What was common with both of them? Both of them were thieves. They're recorded as thieves in the Bible. But one went to paradise. And one, one thief went to paradise. But he was no longer a thief at the time. And do you know why? Because he acknowledged the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And the other one says, if you are the son of God, that is the same question that the devil asked Jesus in the book of Luke 4 and Matthew 4. Are you the son of God? And he said, if you are the son of God, go down and take us with, with, with you. And the other one said, you cannot speak like that. This is the true son of God. He acknowledged him in his heart. And he asked him, can you be with me in paradise? He said, today you shall be with me in paradise. It does not matter how far you are. It does not matter what you have done in life. As long as you, you acknowledge him in your life. Acknowledge him as Lord again. COVID-19 has proven to us. Many, ladies and gentlemen, uh, our hearts has grown cold. Many are not here today. COVID-19 has exposed that many of us, we don't have faith in God. We don't trust God uh, that much. We trust that, what, is, what, what are those things that we used to put in? We we trusted masks more than we trusted God. We trusted san sanitizers more than we trusted God. But I can tell you today, you are still alive. You are still breathing. God has delivered you. God has saved you even from that COVID-19. It is not the mask. It is not the sanitizer. Thank God we've been obedient to that. We have put on our mask and we have washed our hands. We have put on the, um, the sanitizers. But God is a good God Amen. that He protected us. Amen. Amen. And today I want to conclude by this: that faith is not relative. Faith is not subjective. That's subjective when it comes to trusting and believing in God. Faith means it simply means, God, I acknowledge you that you're God in my life. I acknowledge you that you can do what you pretend in your life. I acknowledge you that your hand can interfere in all the affairs of my life. I acknowledge you that um, you are more than able to do exceeding abundantly and above that which I think and even that which I may ask. So this is what I want. This is the message I'm bringing back to you. Let's acknowledge God back into our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Um, this is the statement that I heard somebody say. Actually, it was Rick Godwin who said, there is only one thing that is dark from the top. And he said, it is the grave. And when you dark the grave from the top, it means you're going down. 
But everything else starts from the bottom and then you go up. Ministry is the same. Church is the same. Today you're looking at yourself and say, such a small number. Jesus only had 12 disciples. 12. And out of the 12, he did not trust all 12. He had the three out of the 12. And even out of the two, three, he did not trust all three. He only had one. (laughs) So which means, it is not in the majority. It is not. But it's in the simplicity of understanding this is the work of God. And if this is the work of God, and this is where you are planted, ministry grows because you believe in it. And the question is, you are here because you are planted by God. And since you are planted by God, that empty chair that you are sitting next to, then God if your chair is not, it's filled. But if you were to look further, you will see that other side. It will take you to bring somebody to come and sit next to, next to you. So how does the church grow? Church grows because those who are planted believe in the church. They believe in the vision. Church grows because those who are there are willing to sacrifice. What are we sacrificing? Number one, time. Number two, our resources. We sacrifice our time. We sacrifice our resources. Church um, I don't know about you. Obviously, you have never been in, many of you have never been in a, in a taxi. Yeah. You have never been in a taxi. But the first person in the taxi may not be the last person to disembark the taxi. The test, the taxi. So you see people coming in, going out. But the taxi does not stop. Maybe you have been in a train. The train can start all the way from Perinachem straight to Jamestown or to Pretoria in our days, I don't know now. But the first person may not be the last person to disembark the train. Along the way, they are going to disembark. And on your way in, others are going out. At church, it's like that. (laughs) So people come in and others are walking out. And inside the church, there are those who are planted by God. And the planted ones are the pillars of the church. A pillar does not change its position. It remains its position. And that is why I'm saying to you, for those of you whom God has planted you here, Andre, you don't change your position. You stick in that position. Things can change around you. But what do you do? You bring people towards you. You attract people towards you. Hallelujah. So it is important again that those who are pillars behave right. Speak right about the church. Speak right about the founders of the church. Have a good report about your church. We are listening to what you are saying about your house of worship 
before we can take membership. So if you do not have a good testimony, I will pray you out. Okay, I still believe in that. Praying people in and praying them out. Why? Because others are sent by the devil to become the gatekeeper of the church. Don't come inside. Hey, you know, Eric is not good. Hey, you know, Eric is not good. <laughs> Don't you think that we're in the wrong place? Because it means you are becoming the devil's advocate inside the house of God. So church grows because we believe in it. Church grows because we speak about it. Church grows because we invite others. Church grows because we believe that we are not the only people. Others must come in and, uh, and, and fellowship with us. So I'm encouraging you. Next week Sunday, bring a friend. Bring a neighbor. Minister to someone in the street. Tell them about your church. Invite them in. Disciple some of them. The only mandate that stands above all mandates that God has given to us as a church it's Matthew 28, verse number 20. We must go out there and what? And make disciples of all nations. So which means as a white person, all nations. As a black person, all nations. Thank you. All nations. So which means you need to go not only to your own, but you go to everyone. Everyone needs the gospel. So Shafi, you don't go to your own alone. <laughs> but bring them all, bring them here also. But we must minister the gospel to all the nations. All the nations. Hallelujah. So in conclusion, let your faith speak. Let your faith speak. And how does your faith speak? You testify. You tell others. I believe in God. I trust God. Hallelujah. I remember at one stage, this is just a, a practical example. Um, I went to home affairs to register him, my first born son. It was still at Brain. And the queue was so long. And I'm standing there and said, God, is it not taking me this long? And I stood anyway. A few minutes later, the person that I'm standing behind left the queue. And I moved forward. The next person moved. The next person moved until I arrived at the window. So just before I arrived at the window, there were chairs like this. And I'm seated there. There is this huge man. I don't know what you call it, Delena. But it's an overall type with belts here. And then he's seated there. Huge guy. I'm sitting next to him. This guy turned once and looked at me. And I kept quiet inside and crying. And I saw this man growing physically. 
and he started sweating, looking at me. Then he stood up. And then he said, you are a witch. <laughs> then he left. <laughs> sure. And I moved to the next one. Good assignment. Next, set myself. Next in my heart, it is a lady seated there. She looked at me. She started sniffing. She started sniffing. She started sniffing. And she stood up. And she said, Witch! <laughs> then she left. I was not aware that the person on the other side, the truck was looking at me and what was happening. Yeah. And then when I arrived there, she said, Who are you? And I said, I'm a man of God. I'm a servant of God. She said, What are you carrying? I said, There's nothing except for Jesus. Registered my body and I went home. So God cleared the whole issue for me. Went into a taxi, sat there. I'm the last person in the taxi and closed the door. Wherever there was a witch, wherever there was a witch doctor whatsoever, they started screaming. I'm sitting there and I was so happy because there's nowhere they will go. <laughs> I own the exit and the entrance door. <laughs> I own it. Sit up there. Now everyone is screaming and shouting at me. What am I trying to show you? The Jesus which you have must speak for himself. Amen. 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 If your faith in God does not change people around you, your testimony is not right. Let's work on our testimonies. Let's work on our testimonies. So that how we speak, how we walk, how we behave can bring more into the kingdom. There are places where they don't want to see me. And I interpreted not you, sir. It's just God. Hallelujah. We serve a great God. Amen. Let your faith speak for itself wherever you go this week. Let's live right. Let us speak right. Let us behave right. Let us be a good testimony. You are the only gospel that others are going to hear. Not by what you say, but by what, how you behave in front of you. Let's stand on our feet. You may be here today and you are not saved. And um, you're saying, Theo, I hate you, but I don't know Jesus as a Lord and a Savior. And today I want to make him my Lord. I want to make him my Savior. And if you are in here today, I want to pray with you and for you in Jesus' mighty name. Is there anyone who wants to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Are we all saved? Yeah. I have all the time. I'll go one by one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we all saved? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Clap hands for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, Pastor Seth, 
This has never been my strong point. Altar calls. Okay. Never. I've been ministering for about eight years. If you have said yes, I know that you'll become a minister immediately. That's what my God is. But I want to pray for you. Let me pray over the church. Father, in the name of Jesus, I stand in this place today. May the rivers of the ministry be open. May the waters that shall flow from this place touch the neighborhood and beyond. May the praise and the worship of this house carry a gravity that will bring, bring transformation, yes. that will be, bring change to this neighborhood in the name of Jesus. May this ministry and the, the voice of this ministry carry weight and carry an attraction and fame into the kingdom of God. Father, we are calling all the sons and the daughters of this ministry from the four corners of this place and beyond. Father, we speak divine favor in the name of Jesus. Favor with God and favor with men. We are speaking mighty God growth in this ministry. In the name of Jesus. Growth in all dimensions. Numerical growth. Financial growth. Material growth. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. May you build walls of protection against the works of the enemy. In the name of Jesus, of Jesus the Christ, we pray. We give you the praise and we give you all the honor. Mighty God, we decree signs, miracles, and wonders. In the name of Jesus that shall take place in this place, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we glorify your name. And we exalt you in Jesus' name. And everyone who believes, say, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen.